how many pastors this week like uh, scrapped what they were planning on doing and and thought you know what maybe for such a time as this we need to we need to uh, speak to the issue at hand and um, what I what I decided to do um, we would have been in Mark seven today and I decided to backtrack and go back to Mark four. And so I could creatively stay in the same <laughs> in the same series that I'm in. Is that all right with you guys? You like creativity? All right. Um, today, I, I just want to talk to you for a few minutes. Um, I just entitled this "Peace in the Midst," and we are, um, you know, a lot of this stuff. Uh, if you've been around church a long time, this isn't brand new. Um, if uh, uh, and then and then everywhere in between. So, um, but I, would you? Could we just, as a church, just receive His truth this morning? Um, and uh, even those of us that that understand principles in our head, how many know that sometimes it takes a, uh, takes a while for that that principle in your head to drop and transform you in your heart? In fact, I've even said things. Uh, my dad and I were talking this week. There's times when when I struggle with with not having the peace that I need to have. And, uh, uh, and I'm, man, I, I'm a pretty good prayer in, in the sense that anybody that, that comes to me, I, I know how to pray. I know how to, to help shift atmospheres over somebody's home and over somebody's um, internal world and things like this. I know the scriptures and the declarations. And yet sometimes uh, it's hard for me to then do that for myself. Anybody the, the same way? Like you, you have more faith for someone else than, than for yourself. And uh, I, I know my, my dad was telling me the other day, he said, well, um, Man, when there's no one else to lay hands on you, lay hands on yourself, <laughs> right? Don't we need to do that sometimes? And, uh, and just allow his peace to, to flood. Um, I want to go back to Mark 4 because um, in, the, in the time that we're living in, we need to, we need to kind of say, all right, so, so what's truth and, and what's not truth? And, and how do I um, access this peace? Because, it, because out there, it doesn't seem a whole a lot peaceful, it, it seems opposite of that sometimes. Uh, it, it seems opposite of that when you, when you go into Target or Walmart and you're like, I just wanted toilet paper <laughs> for the love. <laughs> you know? My goodness. We just want peace, man. Mark chapter 4 um, Right, right at the end, starting verse 35, uh, this, this, this little story, it's in other Gospels, but um, it says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, and this is Jesus talking, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Now, they were, they were at the Sea of Galilee, and uh, um, at its longest point, I believe the sea of, sea of Galilee is 11 miles long, and at its widest point, it's 8 miles um, uh, wide. And probably scholars would say at this point where they were at, it, was, they would have, it would have taken about 5 miles to get across the sea. And uh, from from this point of uh, on the Sea of Galilee, and and these were expert fishermen and all of this stuff, and so this is the kind of the scene that we have. And Jesus said this. It's important to know what Jesus' words were. Jesus said, "Let us go over to the other side." And uh, um, something that we've talked about in here often. And if you're new with us, I just want to want to share this again. Um, I love, I love the way it's explained uh, by a, a pastor in, in Reading uh, named Bill Johnson. I like how he says it, and then, and then I like how, how um, you know, Paul and the Holy Spirit through Paul says it in, in the book of Philippians. Probably better than Bill. But, uh, but Bill put it this way. He says, if Jesus did miracles because he was God, I'm impressed. But if Jesus did miracles as a man connected to God, I'm compelled to follow. 
Here's, here's the scriptural principle in Philippians chapter two. This is the place where, where Jesus, uh, I like to look at it like this. He pushed pause. There's a big red pause button. He pushed pause on his ability to function as God. He never stopped being God at any moment. The Bible says he could have called 10,000 angels at any moment to rescue him when he was on the cross. Like at any moment, he could have said, he said, uh, you know, get into the telephone booth and, and he's Superman. Like at any moment, he could have done that. And yet, he chose to limit himself here on earth. Why? So that he could actually be an example. Because how many people say, uh, well, I'm not Jesus, right? You say, hey, hey, uh, you, you should do this, and, and you should do that. The Bible says, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's good. That's more of like an idea. That's more of a suggestion because, well, I mean, it's easy for Jesus. I mean, he was Jesus. And yet, and yet where, where we, we have to be as followers, you have to realize, wait a minute, Jesus had to be a perfect example, and the only way he could be a perfect example for us to follow is if, like, he was connected to God the way that he's wanting us to be connected to God. So when we see this, there's some principles in here that's really easy for us to be, like, you remember, like, when Jesus walked on water? Now, I'm not, I'm not I'm asking anybody to go try this, to go, like, walk on water, like, that, that, that might be silly unless the Lord asks you to do that. But when we look at some of these examples, we're like, we're like, well, man, that was Jesus. He walked on water. Oh, that was Jesus. He raised the dead. Or that was Jesus. He, whatever, you know, turned water into wine. And some people was like, that would be a great one. Let's, like, figure that one out, right? And that was Jesus. But I want you to know, as we look at this story, Jesus is saying, I want you, I want to be the example. I want you to, to do it the way I did it. I want, I want to be the model for you. And the first thing Jesus said was, go over to the other side. Now, anytime Jesus gives a command, how many know it's a good idea to follow it? How many also know that when he says, go over to the other side, that um, the other side is part of the plan? That the, that the other side is, is part of the whole story. That, that when he says, hey, we're going over, you know, there's a lot of uh, prophetic information um, on my life where, I've, where I've, I've heard words over the years and I'm like, you know what, I'm holding on to that. That resonates, there's multiple, maybe multiple sources. Maybe there was, maybe there's three or four or five or seven different sources and I'm just like, you know what, that's probably, that's probably from the Lord and I hold on to that. I hold on to that because, I, I, because I'm like, God said that. It hasn't happened yet, and God said that, and I'm holding on to it. There's things about this church, words over this church that have been spoken that haven't happened yet, and we hold on to that because, because it's, it, it was the Lord, and it hasn't happened, and we're still holding on to it. In other words, it's almost like the Lord said, hey, Spirit of life, you're going over to the other side. Hey, Jonathan, uh, you're going over to the other side. And we're like, well, it hasn't happened quite yet. And he's like, hey, I told you, we're going over to the other, whatever that word would be for you, whatever that word is for this church, he's saying we're going over to the other side. Now, what he didn't say in that was what would happen between point A and point B. He just said, guess what? This is where we're going. This is where we're going. And so leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as, isn't that kind of, I always think that's kind of funny. They took Jesus along, right? <laughs> just me, I always find the humor in that. Like, like come on, Jesus. Come on. They took Jesus along just as he was, just as he was in the boat. And then I never, you know how, I mean, you could read the Bible for years, and then you're like, I never saw that. This is one of those times. 
I looked at it and I'm like, I didn't realize there were other boats there. I thought there was, uh, you always read the story about Jesus and the storm, and you're like, it was just, like there were other boats. I don't know how many boats, one, two, three, ten, I don't know. There were other boats with them. I I just think it's interesting that there were other boats, that this wasn't just about them, this was about more than just them. That there were were other people that were going to be affected by this storm. A furious squall came up in verse 37. And the waves broke over the boat so that it nearly, it was nearly swamped. And Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Ah! Sorry. <laughs> is that just funny to anybody else? Man, this is crazy. This, a, a furious squall. This is like, this is, and, and the boat is filling up. And everybody's freaking out. Now I want you to remember, Jesus push pause on his ability to function as God so that he could be our perfect example. And so he's sleeping in the boat, not because he's God. He's sleeping in the boat because he was tired. He was tired. And he's not freaking out because he was God. No, he's not freaking out because he was connected. Because his internal world was at peace. Everyone else's internal world wasn't at peace. Jesus' internal world, he was at peace. So he's asleep because he's tired, and he was at peace because he was connected. I'm telling you, church, I love the verse that says, he will keep in perfect peace whose mind is what? Steadfast on him. Man, you you want a quick way to let fear overtake you? Stop being connected to the Holy Spirit. Stop being connected to the Father. Jesus knew how to be connected and so he was asleep. I think he was also asleep because he knew they were going over to the other side. You, you can sleep through a storm like that when, when you know that this isn't the end. When you know that, that, that there is Destiny, that there is mission, that, that we haven't quite accomplished everything he said we were going to accomplish. You can, you, can, you can be at peace and you can sleep in the storm while everybody else is freaking out when he says we're going over to the other side. So he was sleeping on a cushion and the disciples woke him up. I think it was more like, I mean, the Bible doesn't really, like, like, go into detail. But I think he was, I think they were like, wake up! You know, and he's like, no, he probably wasn't. He was, but they, they woke him up. The disciples woke him up and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? How many people are saying that right now in our culture? Don't you care? And don't you care? Do you hear those words echoing? Because, man, we heard you, Jesus. You said go to the other side. And now this? Don't you care? In other words, you put us in this mess. You put us here. You told us to get in the boat. And all these other boats are here with us. You're the only one that can save us. Don't you care? 
Sometimes that's our response. It's a form of prayer. I mean, it was at least directed at the right person. Right? If you're talking to Jesus, at least we can say, all right, they were at least praying. But it wasn't really full of faith, huh? And so he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Another, another version says, peace, be still. And then what happened? The winds and the waves did what he said to do. That's awesome. And that's another one of those places where we're like, well, wait a minute. He was Jesus. He set an example because he wants you to be able to speak to the winds and the waves in your own life as well. See, if we freak out like they were freaking out, everybody dies. <laughs> but if we flex our muscles and speak to the winds and the waves, everyone else gets to be part of the benefit. All those other boats. All those other boats that were with them. And then he looks at them. The, the wind and the waves calm down. And, and if you've ever been to Israel, uh, like when it's like just peaceful and you're sitting there on the Sea of Galilee, I remember listening to, um, oh, I can't remember what song. It was, an old, it, was, it was an old song that some of you wish that we would sing here. Um, uh, what was it? What was it? Uh, oh, it was Draw Me Close. Yeah, we're like, draw me close to you. Never let me go. And the sun is like right there and the, it's glistening off the, <laughs> off the lake and you're just like, oh, yeah. I'm, I imagine like the winds and the waves died down and then peace. And he's sitting there right after all of that happened and he looks at his disciples and he says, why are you so afraid? I can imagine probably Peter because he's usually the one that like opens up his mouth and says something stupid <laughs> I can imagine them saying what, what are you talking about Jesus <laughs> why were we afraid it, it would make we're expert fishermen and we were afraid of the winds and the waves we're expert fishermen and there was a squall that came we were sinking it makes sense for us to be afraid this wasn't like like a like a little little schoolgirl fishing trip a little field trip out on the sea of galilee in the midst of a storm no like we we've been trained for this and we were afraid i think they look at jesus and they're just like we're supposed to be afraid We're supposed to be afraid. This is the type of thing that could kill us. Why were you afraid? Why were you, why were you so afraid? I, um, my brother and I make fun of my dad sometimes. And there's some truth behind every joke, you know. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> Here's the thing. My dad, he probably, he has a personality plus um, years of experience with the Lord. You know, a history with the Lord goes a long way. A history of God coming through. 
He has this history with the Lord and then his personality where not a whole lot shakes him. Not a whole lot shakes him. And and uh, there's maybe one or two things we've talked about that where uh, you're like, yeah, you know what? That causes a little bit, and and then and then takes a, a few extra prayers to get through that, but not a whole lot usually. And and this is his response. In fact, my brother and I, we were we were together one time. We were talking about my uh, some would call it gossip. I would just say it's like my dad, you know, you know. And my brother and I were talking about dad, and and something came up about like him and like like uh, if if he's walking down a dark alley or if he's like in a dangerous place in Trinidad or or if hey we're gonna hey let's go do this and we're like dad dad like but that's scary and this is dad's response I'm not worried I'm not worried and it's funny because it's true (laughs) but there's so much more going on under there than just the the joke it's like he's really not shaken. Like he'll walk in, he'll go places where we're just like, Dad, you don't even have a concealed carry. <laughs> like, Dad, <laughs> I guarantee you, like, he's going to be the one where he runs into someone who actually has the, is confirmed to have the coronavirus. And he's going to walk right up to them, take their hand, go eyeball to eyeball and say, can I pray with you? And like suck in their germs. <laughs> he's going to do that. And you watch it. And they're going to get healed. You know. <laughs> Jesus says, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And he says, do you still have no faith? Because, because previously... And they had seen him do so many amazing things. They, they, they had seen him multiply bread and fish. And they'd seen him do all. And, and he's like, this is nothing. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And, and then I think it's funny because then it says they were terrified. The winds and the waves had already calmed down. Now Jesus just spoke to them and the winds and the waves died down. And they're terrified again. And they say this. Who is this? reminds me of the princess bride when don't you remember when uh, Inigo Montoya and uh, and Wesley they're sword fighting and Inigo Montoya says who are you he says it's of no consequence I must know get used to disappointment (laughs) love it you should watch that movie it's great And they said, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Even the wind and the waves obey him. I want you to be smart. I want you to use wisdom. I mean, um, you know, in, in our camp, we're used to, like, laying hands on people and, uh, and, and we're really, I don't know if it's just my personality or if we're just Pentecostal, but like we hug, <laughs> you know, and we like shake hands and we like do all kinds. Of, and, but one of the things is, is we lay hands on people and, and pray for them. And, um, and this, is, this is what I would just say. Can I just give some, just some, some wisdom and, and some love? Some of you in here, you're just like, we're just going to keep doing that. Like who cares what people think? We're just going to like write all over their face and we're going to grab their hand and we're going to do it. Now, can I just say, like, 
it's one thing if you're going to walk in that type of faith, and it's another thing, like, like that person may not want you to do that right now during this season. They may just, and so as an act of love, could I just suggest that for number one, would you just ask them if it's okay to touch them? And then if you're the one being asked, would you just say something like, um, I've, who are you? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, come on. If, please, I'm, I, would, I would appreciate you just letting me get through this. Thanks. <laughs> if, if you're the one being asked, could you just, would you just respond by just saying, uh, I would, I prefer not, but, I, but you can still pray for me. I prefer you not touching, you know, I prefer whatever, but you can still pray. Do you know that prayer is powerful whether or not you touch someone or not? There's multiple places in scripture where he sent his word, healed diseases. He, 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 even, he even delivered a, 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 a someone oppressed of a demon and he wasn't even near. He wasn't even in the same place. And so, um, and if someone says, yeah, you can touch, would you just like, would you, would you lightly just touch them on their shoulder or something like that? Would you just do that? We can still be Pentecostal charismatic and lay hands on and do all that type of stuff and, and be respectful of people. And uh, is that, are you guys all right with that? Okay, um, use wisdom, do all of that. But can I just say, I open up the service with this. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. Love people well. Walk in peace. There's a, there's a bunch of stuff I wanted to share on peace. I, I, I just didn't know how today was gonna go and I, and I felt, like, uh, felt like we needed to kind of have a prayer meeting before and, uh, and, um, and then just give you a few thoughts here on this. And uh, I, I think that there's just two postures that we need to have right now, and I'm not even gonna like, go into my notes. Number one, you need to have a posture of receiving peace. Okay? You need to have a posture of receiving peace. Do you know that you can't give away what you don't have? See, so and you have a posture of receiving peace. Philippians 4 says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every, every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and then what? And then the peace of God, which transcends. And in other words, the, the peace that doesn't make any sense, the peace that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. And so I'm gonna ask you to just take a posture of receiving peace, not just today, but every day. Man, there's often times where I just have to pause, and this is my posture. I don't know. You don't have to do it that way. That's how I do it. I'm just like, I need you. I just need your peace. The peace that transcends. Everything else is chaotic all around me. I just need your peace right now. I declare your peace. I speak your peace over myself right now and my family and my home and this church. And I just, you know, it's nothing, nothing too crazy. You don't have to be a pastor to pray that. And then here's the second thing I want you to do. Come on. iPad. Someone say, use paper. Here's the, here's the second thing I want you to do. I want you to create peace. Okay, so I want you to receive peace, and I want you to create peace. There's a, there, as the body of Christ, we were called to be part of the answer. All right? And so as we create peace, as we don't just receive peace, but we create peace, this is that part where we release. Part of the, part of the mission of this church. What do you guys see it when you walk in the door. It says encounter, grow, release because we want to give it away F freely we receive freely we give but remember you, you can't give away what you don't have so would you have a posture of receiving so that we can give away peace and when we talk about peace 
can I just, like the peace the Bible talks about, it, when you go to Israel, they greet you and they say what? Shalom, which is the Hebrew word for peace. In the Greek, it was a word um, called um, Irene. Shalom and Irene. And they basically mean, mean the same. But let me just, you know, because some of us, we just think, oh, oh, peace. I just, feel, I just feel better. My heart rate just went down. And that was like, eh, this was like a fraction of what it means. Can I tell you like what, that, what the peace is that we're declaring when, when they say shalom? This is what they're really saying. They're talking about completeness, soundness, welfare. It, it means favorable. It means health and prosperity. It means safety and security. It means well-being. It means wholeness. It means peace between individuals. It means harmony. It means quietness. It means rest. And so when we're like, when we're talking about the peace of the Lord, we're talking about a peace that restores. It sounds quite a bit like revival to me. And so I want you to take a posture of receiving, and I want you to also take a posture of creating peace. I love the place in Matthew 5, 9, because it says this, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. In other words, your ability to create peace is directly connected to your identity as sons and daughters. We were, when, when you gave your heart to Jesus and you became a child of God, you, you became a factory that creates peace. You're a peacemaker. Your peacemaker, Matthew, uh, Jesus, uh, Matthew 10, Jesus sent them out, sent the disciples out, and, uh, and they were going to go into places. And he says this to them, to the disciples. He says, if the home is deser- deserving, let your peace rest on it. Isn't that interesting? Let your peace, let your peace rest on that home. Let it not, um, if, if not, let your peace return to you. In other words, there's some way that as we go into environments, we go into workplaces and homes and we're around people, there's some way that the peace that we carry can leave us and to go into somebody else. Isn't that amazing? I think it's awesome. I think it has to do with, with um, opening up your mouth and declaring. I think it has all kinds of things. I, the, I'll leave you with this. In that story in Mark 4, Jesus didn't like, think really hard for the winds and the waves to die down. right? This wasn't his posture. Okay, let me get on that. No, I don't mean to make fun, but I do know this. There's something about opening up your mouth. There's an aspect of creating peace that requires you to open up your mouth and say something and declare something, declare truth over lies. And in whether the atmosphere we're talking about is in your car or in your, in your body, whether the atmosphere is in your home or in this church or in your workplace or in this city, part of what you are called to do as not only someone who receives peace but who creates peace, who releases peace, is to open up your mouth and to shift atmospheres. Does that sound all right with you guys today? All right, all right. Pastor Kelly, let's go. Um, can we stand this morning? Hey, some of you, um, if you're going to be honest with me this morning, some of you would say, Pastor Jonathan, I know that this is true and I want it to be true in my life. It's just not true right now. 
It's just, not, it's just not something I'm walking in right now. I want to walk in it. I'm not walking in it. And you need somebody to partner with you. Maybe you've had um, fear and anxiety issues that, that have been going on for, for a long time. And this just like, like amplifies it. It's like pouring gasoline on the fire. And you're like, man, I know the truth. I just need somebody to partner with me this morning because I want to walk in peace. And I don't want to just receive peace, but I want to be part of the answer in someone else's life. And I want to I release peace. I want to create peace. This morning, um, I would ask you to take a bold step and just come up in just a few minutes when we've got uh, prayer workers up here. And would you just tell them, hey, I want to just not only receive peace, I want to release peace. Would you pray for me? And then anything else that may be going on in your life, um, sometimes we just need someone to partner with us. The Bible says wherever two or more are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst. And So Lord, all over this place right now, we thank you for Shalom for Irene, for that peace that restores, that peace that creates, that shifts atmospheres. Thank you for life and health and wholeness over this place. Yeah, and if you're a, thank you, you prayer workers, you guys can come right now. And as we start to sing here, take a step out of your seat if you want prayer. In just a minute, we'll release and we're going to have our annual business meeting will switch in just a few minutes but we won't switch until the Lord's done right so all right thank you Jesus amen hey if you need to go you're welcome to go Um, children are available if you're staying for the annual business meeting you can uh, keep your kids over in the children's wing and they'll uh, they'll watch them there and if you'd like to stay for prayer or just be in an atmosphere of prayer and worship for now, we're going we're gonna to just let this go on until it's done, and then we'll transition to, to our business meeting. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week.